0: Talk about the game, Sam. So Who cares about what people think about us? Yeah, I like football. I like football season all the things that go with it. Welcome in to the PFF NFL Podcast. Steve Pelizzolo back here with Sam Monson. It is our Wednesday midweek edition and even though this is kind of open-ended on Wednesday, we've got a great Monday night football game to recap with Rams Cardinals. And, of course, we have a great Thursday night football game to preview with Chiefs and Chargers. And all in the middle, we've got some Lamar contract situation we can discuss. We've got book giveaways. Mm-hmm. We've got promo codes. All sorts of great stuff this,
1: today. Jersey giveaway as well. Jersey giveaway. too. Why are you giving
0: away so much stuff? It's Christmas. You also gave me a present today. Yeah. What'd you get? I feel like we should unveil it at a podcast date to be uh, to be named. Okay. A later date. I will wear what you gave me on a later podcast.
1: Should probably you know specify that. It's a T-shirt. It's a T-shirt. It's a T-shirt. It's just a fun T-shirt. So
0: I don't know. It's uh, I appreciate it. I was wasn't expecting a a Christmas gift from you. It's right. I got to got to figure it out. I got ten days to get you a present. Figure (laughs) it out. At pff underscore Steve. What should I get Sam for Christmas? In exchange for a, uh, a shirt, or email it in, and glasses, and glasses, yeah, uh. yeah, yeah. Or email us in. All right, tell everybody uh, how do they get all the uh, the giveaways you're
1: you're doing here. So um, we have our own podcast promo code that gets you twenty five percent off any PFF subscription. So if you've been on the fence about signing up, if you're looking for a cheaper deal, NFL Pod is the promo code that gets you twenty five percent off if you buy anything, buy any PFF subscription. Just DM me at PFF underscore Sam. The email address that you use so we can you know, verify and somebody who sends me a DM you know, but in the next couple of days, essentially, so I can get it in the mail, uh, will get a free jersey. Pretty good deal. Yeah. And then if you follow our Twitter account, new PFF podcast Twitter account, which is at PFFNFLpod, somebody, one random follower will win this book, which is Super Bowl Blueprints. Hall of Famers revealed keys to football's greatest dynasties or dynasties. Bill Polian and Vic Carucci. There you go.
0: And if you want to know more about Bill Polian, tune into last Wednesday's show,
1: or go follow the podcast, which has the story there.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. It's mm-hmm. right there. Uh, how, how are we doing in follower count so far? We
1: are up to eight hundred and fourteen.
0: Yeah, got to get over a thousand. Got to get over a thousand by the end of the week here. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, appreciate everybody. Uh, the interaction is uh, is fantastic. Have we figured anything
1: out on the? the the charity thing so we were thinking look the we we've been looking for suggestions for both the charity that we can donate to next and the uh the thing the forfeit the punishment whatever it is that since then tornadoes hit you know half the midwest and in particular very local to us uh kentucky got hit with a few really bad um with a really bad thing Death tolls up to 60 plus, the massive areas of devastation. So we were thinking we would like to help that out as our our next charity thing. Just it's local, it's it's um, current, it's happening right now. So let's just start the thing. We'll figure out what we're going to do later, but let's start raising money now. They are not set up on on GoFundMe as a direct kind of ship it straight to them, but we can just set up the GoFundMe. So that it's there to donate the money, we'll we'll take the money and donate it straight to them. Essentially, we'll we'll be the middleman. Um, and so what we do need is we will post the GoFundMe on Twitter. Um, I'll set it up today, and we still need the ideas of what we can do. So the quicker we get that done, the quicker yeah. we can get something.
0: I mean, we want to the raise money. the money regardless. Right whether we, can we have start, to do something goofy for it or not. Yes,
1: we I can start raising be more, money before yeah. we figure out what we're going to do. So we'll do that. We'll set up the GoFundMe today. You guys can start donating to try and help uh, people in desperate need in the devastation of those tornadoes, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do for it later.
0: Why don't you just go upstairs, grab Rick, grab some of he, He's always got his, like, super hot peppers, like, in just, his pocket. Yeah, yeah, just he's around. got his own, uh, you know, spreads. He's got his own... uh Seasoning, And mm. so you just drink a little bit. Just do something to entertain the people here. What do you mean me? It's your turn. Oh, I just, the hot peppers are, they're here and you're more uh, more likely to get involved in that, in the hot pepper game.
1: I mean, it seems to me like it's your idea and your turn. So problem solved.
0: Rick, yeah, bring him down. Let's get Rick down here. Anyway, um, regardless of what idiotic thing we need to do, let's at least get some money going for uh, Kentucky and the uh, the tornado relief there. Yep. Uh, you want to get into Monday Night Football? Sure. All right. So, great game. Rams and Cardinals. Uh, Rams win. And, you know, this was a huge game for, for both teams, many respects, right? Uh, the Rams in the middle of a, a bit of a slump outside of a Jaguars win. The Cardinals, the number one seed in the NFC going into the game. It's a 30-23 to 23 final with the Rams winning. But the Rams move to nine and four. The Cardinals go to ten and three. And now, depending on whose odds you look at, the Cardinals are actually more likely to be the four seed than they are the number one seed. Which just shows how competitive it is at the top of the NFC. It puts the Packers uh, at the number one spot right now at ten and three, with the tiebreaker over the Cardinals and the tiebreaker over the Bucks, who are also ten and three. So a lot of implications in this game. What's your uh, what's your initial takeaway of the Rams' 30-23 win over the Cardinals here?
1: Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. One is that this was um, this was the game that Kyler Murray hadn't really had this season in terms of mistakes. You know, put the ball in harm's way quite a lot this this game. He'd had one of the best turnover-worthy play rates in the NFL so far this season. In addition to the best big-time throw rate in the NFL, the big-time throw rate stayed there. He had five of them in this game. Some, he had some special throws, some absolutely insane plays. Um, but he also you know missed some. There was that early. Uh, shot to A.J. Green that should have been a touchdown and he missed him. Um, and then there was just some bad mistakes in there as well. And you just you cannot put the ball in harm's way that much, particularly when the other quarterback is playing really well. And Matthew Stafford had one of those great games that we hadn't actually necessarily seen from Stafford. The, this was the, the Stafford game. The 90-plus grade, the phenomenal, the very few mistakes, the game where everybody's looking at it and saying, this is the Stafford that we traded for, like this is it. Um, And then the one more takeaway I had was, how do you still let Aaron Donald wreck a game to this degree? Like, he's had a relatively quiet season. And it's not because Aaron Donald is any worse than he's been in the previous few seasons. It's because literally every single other game he plays, he is getting absurd attention. Like, double, triple teams, they are doing everything humanly possible in every week to make sure that this doesn't happen, that this game not show up, that Aaron, Ronald, Aaron Donald doesn't just take your right guard and run him into the backfield at, like, a rate of knots. And for some reason, the Cardinals... Now, to be fair, they adjusted a little bit, but literally, play one, Donald is in the backfield just destroying guys one-on-one, and that Early in the game in particular, that was a real problem.
0: But they got Donald that one time. They run a QB draw, let him get upfield, and Mm. there was the vacated gap by Aaron Donald that Murray ran through because the run run defense grade was only 57, Sam, for Aaron Donald. No, it, it, it was a dominant outing. 14 pressures, three sacks, 11 hurries for Aaron Donald in this game, but also a batted pass, which wasn't just a batted pass. You know, you don't... The fact that it turned into an interception wasn't because he's Aaron Donald or anything, but you, know, you bat a pass and it becomes an interception in the red zone, which was also one of the plays of the game. Uh, it was early on, but huge, right? A turnover in the red zone for the Arizona Cardinals. Leonard Floyd also had eight pressures of his own uh, and an interception. You talk about Kyler being like all over the place. He throws an interception pretty much right to Leonard Floyd, who was right in his yeah, face on a scramble. So Murray had some, some real, a couple head scratchers, and some special I, there was a there was a throw Patrick Mahomes made earlier this week where uh, next-gen stats comes out on, on Sunday and it was something like you know, Mahomes was moving to his left and he's moving six miles an hour when he made the throw I think the ESPN folks who have the next-gen access or whatever were saying that he's moving to his left six miles an hour and he kind of set his feed and you know he's moving a little bit Kyler had a throw in this game where he was sprinting to the sideline and Kyler's sprint it had to be at least 15 miles an hour, right? Like for perspective here, like when you get those, uh, when you see the next gen highest uh, max velocities, it's usually in the 20s, but that's after like 30 or 40 yards. Like Kyler's probably running 15 miles an hour, whatever it is. I don't know. He is full speed and he throws it slightly back across his body, laser beam up and away from coverage to AJ Green. It was absurd. So Aaron, Aaron, Kyler Murray with just some legit wild wow plays and then some legit head scratchers in this, but this was it was a good back and forth between between Kyler and Stafford
1: yeah and and the Donald thing I think was even more dominant than the numbers like the numbers are insane, fourteen pressures, but he he had there was a holding penalty that that negated a first down where Donald wrecked the guy inside didn't get pressure but because he was basically tackled to the ground right that stops that drive. He remember James Conner scored a touchdown where Donald like whooped his guy, nailed him like a yard deep into the backfield, and then just couldn't grab hold of him. Uh, James Conner was able to get like a second effort. Donald was absolutely destructive in this game, and again, it's not like, like this isn't just a random game that he showed up for. This was because he was basically one on one all game, or at least most of it. You can't you cannot do that to Donald. Like he's the probably the one player in the game, there's a, like Miles Garrett as well, there's a couple of others that you probably don't want to do this to, but you simply cannot go into a game with no special treatment for Aaron Donald.
0: Well, especially it's, it's Sean Harlow and Max Garcia. Right? I mean, it's not like it's yes. Quentin Nelson one-on-one at guard. Right. And you, you know, Quentin's going to lose a couple, but you, like overall you trust him. I mean, it's Sean Harlow and Max Garcia at guard who, um, those poor guys, if you have premium stats, I mean, not that you want to go see their grades. You want to go see Aaron Donald's grades, but along the way, if you, you know, there'll be some negative grades in there as well. But if you have premium stats all a part of your PFF Elite package, you go to the game grades and you can see uh, a sea of red, not mm. just because they're the Arizona Cardinals, but because it was – uh, poor blocking up front by the offensive line, particularly on the interior with Harlow and Garcia. So, yeah, I mean the, the Cardinals did a great job against Donald in, the fir- Donald in the first game. Like he was had one of his worst games of his career from a pass rushing standpoint. It was the complete opposite in this one. Uh, I want to talk about the Stafford game though. This don't don't gloss over this man. This is like my shtick. You know, three times a year you get to see this Matthew Stafford, mm-hmm. and despite. His stats this year, despite him having the best passer rating in the league for weeks and the best EPA per play as a team that the Rams had, all of that stuff, we have not seen this Stafford yet. So much to the, I, I think I could probably tell this, like you, Zach Robinson, you know, the uh, assistant wide receiver, he's uh, assistant QB coach right now for the Rams. He's, he texted me after the game, he goes, that was it. He goes, there was, that was the Stafford game. Because Zach and I used to always talk about it here too when he worked uh, for PFF. There are these games where it's not just laser beams and arm talent you got the no look stuff it's just the feel that he has is also next level Um, but it really only shows up once in a while but this was it and it was uh it is as fun to watch as any other quarterback when they are feeling it is when Stafford is is playing at this level like he did Monday night
1: yeah he's now probably 500 for these games this season you've probably got three serious statement games that the Rams needed this year. There was the first game where they beat Tampa Bay, yeah. but Stafford didn't play that well. Like his numbers were better than his performance. Let's call that a wash. Then there was the Green Bay game, where Stafford didn't play that well, and you're like not a win in Lambo kind of guy. And then there's this game, right? Where Stafford shows up, looks amazing, and you're like, yeah, that's that's the Stafford. So we're like we're one-one and one for games where, you know, this is the guy you this is why you traded for Matthew Stafford. It's for these games and we're basically splitting the difference right down the middle. Yeah. But this this is the most recent
0: one, so this is what matters. This is oh. why you got Matthew Stafford. OK. Anyway, I, I love watching him throw like that. He had the uh, 52 yard, I think it was 52, but it was 51 air yards to Van Jefferson on the post route, the deep crosser to Cooper Cup that he just hits him in stride. Mm-hmm. Um, he had the no look. Again, it, not that the no look means anything, but it's like when Stafford pulls it out, he pulls it out a few times a year, very Mahomes ish, and and it works, and it's and it is awesome. So yeah, Stafford was great, but uh, what does this do in the NFC? Well, the Rams move to nine and four. There are, if you look at playoff projections, you know, I don't know what your sim looks like, but if you look at pro- playoff projections, I have to we,
1: update it because I had the Rams win, or the oh, Cardinals winning. You got you got to you got to look into that. Mm. The Rams and Cowboys. So Arizona drops all the way to the third seed in my, my simulation.
0: Yeah, because that's, uh, that's what happens in real life as well. They're the number three seed right now. Uh, the Rams and Cowboys appear to be on a collision course for the playoffs at the four and five seeds, which, is, which would be really fun. That would be in Dallas. Uh, Tampa Bay and Green Bay. This is, this is really interesting. The battle for the number one seed. On PFF.com, the Bucks have the easiest schedule remaining. And the Packers have the fifth easiest schedule remaining. There's a really good shot that both the Packers and Bucks win out, go 14 and 3, and the Packers still they get the tiebreaker, and they end up as the number one seed for the second straight year. And remember the value of the number one seed. There's only one bye, and uh, so if the the number two seed there, if it's Packers, Bucks, Cardinals, has to play wild card weekend, even if it's uh, even if it is at home. And the other thing there is the two seed, the loser plays whoever the seven seed is in the NFC. That's Washington right now. That's the battle between Washington and Minnesota and whoever else is in the mix, in the hunt. The Eagles, the Saints, the Falcons, they're all in the hunt. So a lot of playoff implications coming out of this Monday night game.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was a a devastating loss for Arizona, who had done such a good job of weathering the problematic uh, stretch where they didn't have their quarterback or their number one receiver, um, a chance to really try and cement – Uh, their position at the top of the NFC standings and chase that number one seed, which is really important for them, I think. So it's really... I think that the number one seed is much of a muchness, except... So obviously the the bye week is huge, but in terms of, like, where where the playoffs go, I, I think it's much of a muchness, except Green Bay. I don't think anybody wants to go to green bay even
0: though tampa bay beat the packers there
1: like sure I, i'm not saying it's i'm not saying you can't do it but the way the packers are playing this year with the reinforcements they sh- they are getting back at some point i don't think anybody wants to go to green bay i don't think anybody cares that much about going to arizona or going to tampa bay like sure it's it's not good cuz it's it's the opposition's home field but it's a lot better than going to Green Bay in January. <laughs>
0: the, the, some of the oddities there when you're discussing that, I agree. Like, rather not go to Green Bay. That's the one place we could, could get ridiculous weather and, or something could be different. It's just tough to play there. But Tampa Bay has been a much better team at home than on the road right. this year, which is actually the opposite of last year. So it could be noisy. But Arizona is the team that's been better on the road than they've been at home, right? They're undefeated on the road, and they've beaten everybody by 10-plus. Again, it could be noisy. It might not matter. But for those other teams battling for the number one seed, Tampa Bay looks like they could really use it because of how they've played at home. Arizona, maybe it doesn't even matter. But Green Bay, you know, to your point, I think it matters because of the weather and you know, who wants to play there. And it's late January. It's a week later this year, all of these games because of the extra week. Uh, working from home is more important than ever. So you can optimize your home office with an X chair. And our many accessories to enhance your focus, productivity, energy, and comfort. Once you feel the customized support of X Chair's patented Dynamic Variable Lumbar, there's no going back. It's the DVL. You can see it there on the screen if you're listening, or if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening at home, here's what you want to listen to. It's all in the LMX Massage and Temperature Regulation, exclusively designed and made for X-Chair. With versatile comfort and extraordinary design, X-Chair fits any space. High performance, quality engineering, extreme comfort, the ability to put it together pretty quick and easily. That's what I love about my X-Chair. It is great for work, keeps me nice and warm, and keeps me massaged here in the winter. Go to xchairnflpod.com. That's the letter X, chair, NFL dcom Or call 1-844-4X-Chair. For $100 off your order, it's a great deal. x has 30-day guarantees of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. It's xchairnflpod.com. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description. Is Austin still giving the big X? I hit the yeah, mic. every time. Big X. Mm-hmm. I haven't studied his read, but you know he's, he's gotten good feedback on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what we show on the screen on YouTube, though. You get to the different options. This is a DVL. Yeah, if, you are, if you're on the fence about this, at least go to the website and look around because there's a lot of different options, pricing options, styles, colors, and the whole thing. It's look, it there's a 30-day
1: money-back guarantee. Try it for free for 30 days. Now listen,
0: I don't want to get into what we used to do in... Uh, Minor league baseball, no. I mean, Walmart TV return.
1: Somebody emailed us and said that they would donate. I can't remember what the amount was for the next charity drive. If you made it through a show without mentioning baseball. Oh yeah, that's a good point.
0: Well, just let me know which show it is. It's not this one. I need to know ahead of time. Thursday, maybe. It's not a baseball story so much as is it as a Walmart ninety day TV return policy. If
1: the word baseball comes up, it's probably a baseball story.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying you could try things out and return it, and why not? For 30, yeah, 30, days.
1: For 30 days um
0: you'll my, probably love it
1: is the point you know the way chrome comes up with that like insistent little button in the in the top right that's like up, update or whatever it is right you know, and then it's it's green to say oh there's there's a new update you might want to think about it and then it's orange to suggest so uh, you've been a while you yeah. probably want to get on with it and then red for like if you don't update this we're going to do something nasty to your computer yeah so i'd had to update chrome a while ago and when they do that the simulation wipes it like it disappears. No way. So I just had to rerun the simulation. <laughs> That's what red means. Red means. But uh, but it gone. turns out Arizona is still the third seed, so it was okay. I didn't mislead anybody. That's good. That's good to rerun the simulation. Green Bay number one, Tampa Bay number two, with the same record. Arizona number three, with the same record. So this is this is why people tune in to get the one man to simulation get the one here. simulation. You don't need ten thousand. I mean, ten thousand is great. Yeah. Well, What about one? It's going to be some bad ones in there, you know. Right. Uh, the ten thousand. You can't go wrong if it's just. You can't one. tell me that this one isn't the one that's going
0: to be that's right. That's the one. That's the right one. All right. Uh, do we have the emails to uh, to discuss here? Let's get into some yeah. emails. This is about the Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen contracts.
1: Yeah. So who? What we got do you here? do
0: with this entire class
1: of two thousand eighteen? Why don't you give that guy's name a uh, shot? Ellis Roche. It's not an. It's not an. It's not E double L. Oh. Oh. It looks like Ellis. Right. Iles, <laughs> and again, is it Roché or is it Roach?
0: Oh, I always, I always default to Roché. I right, see, it just <laughs> depends R-O-C-A. where you're from. Anyway,
1: Iles Roché. Iles asks, Would you give Lamar Jackson the Josh Allen contract if the season ended today? And if you were to put the 2018 quarterback class into tiers, where does each one rank? I think this is fascinating because. Everybody's focusing on Baker Mayfield's contract, right, and how much money he's costing himself and how he's playing like crap and what do the Browns do? This is a disaster, yada, yada, yada. Josh Allen got his money, and then obviously, obviously Sam Darnold's not getting, not getting paid in any kind of monster. John, don't, don't forget Josh Rosen. Correct. Probably also not getting a big money extension anytime soon. But kind of quietly in the background is Lamar didn't get the bag yet, and Lamar is playing like ass. And nobody's mentioning this. And now he's hurt. Yes. Not long term, but he's hurt. With a regular ankle sprain. Not the high ankle. Is that in or out? <laughs> That's out.
0: That's out. When you twist out, I think it's just, I think it's just lower.
1: OK. Yeah. yeah. That's what I've learned. I'm willing to uh, learn and adjust here. <laughs> That's all you need. Like, Look. Anybody makes mistakes, right? It's, it's making the same mistake multiple times. That's what's inexcusable. I made the same mistake for over 20 years. Oh. But, I'm, but I'm back now. Okay. I'm back. I'm, uh, I'm on the right side of
0: history here when it comes to high ankle sprains. Perfect. Uh, I'm trying to look up uh, a number here as we go. But my it's a tricky one, as always. That's why it's a question. Hmm. Josh Allen made a ton of money. Yes. Um, he's not playing at the exact same level as last year, but it's still fine, right? I think it's yeah. even uh, on Sunday – against the Bucks, a little bit of a rough first half but against the Bucks in a comeback situation Josh Allen's making play after play and you can you can see his ability to carry a team not just as a passer but as a runner when he rushed for over 100 yards mm-hmm. my feeling coming into the season is I had Lamar ahead of Josh Allen with that because I, I felt like his baseline was higher because when he's not a passer uh, when Lamar's not even a great passer, he still brings value as a runner, much like what Dallin just did on Sunday. Um, I don't think I've come off that too far, but Lamar has not played good football in recent weeks. Yeah. your point. He started off fine. He has not played good football. Uh, he's, he's on pace for the most scrambles of his career. Um, and I've mentioned this, yeah, I repeat myself a lot, but he was never a scrambler. He was never a runner, runaround guy. And he has been this year. Long story short, he has been this year. Way more than usual. That's a little concerning to me. But I feel more confident in the Ravens. Just let's compare Lamar to Baker really quick. I feel more confident in the Ravens being able to create offense with Lamar than I have confidence in Baker Mayfield being able to create offense. Kind of outside of your supporting cast. But I think this year has brought some concerns for Lamar
1: here. He already has nine more scrambles than he had in his MVP season. Right. And on fewer attempts. Yeah,
0: Similar attempts because
1: he didn't throw a ton in 2019, but
0: But obviously fewer games as well. And fewer games, right? So it it is, again, just to debunk the narrative, Lamar never ran around and did all that stuff. He was a part of the design running game. As a passer, Loved to sit in there and go through progressions. And you're not seeing it. You're seeing less patience. You're seeing him try to do too much. Look, I, I think Josh Allen has plays where he tries to do too much, where he doesn't take the easy throw and he scrambles around and he tries to do too much. But for the most part, Allen makes it work and he makes enough plays within structure right Lamar's not making enough plays within structure and for all the great plays he makes as a runner whether it's as a scrambler which, which he's still dynamic when he does decide to run still too many sacks and just too many negative plays in there for Lamar this year
1: yeah I mean his his grades are concerning at this point he started the season fantastically um had a, a couple of sort of Good to average grades, then an 88, an 82, an 83 in terms of overall PFF grade, and those were the the Denver or the Detroit game, the Denver game, the Indianapolis game, and then the wheels fell off um, against the Chargers, down to 69, 69 against the Bengals, the Vikings down to 59, the Dolphins with that ridiculous blitz game where they just sent six guys at him every single play, 51. The Browns were neither a quarterback could see defenders for some reason. We're just pitching it straight to them. 42. The Steelers game, 44. And then he only lasted like a, a couple of dropbacks against the, the Browns a second time before he got injured. Um, but hadn't been doing much until that happened. I, I, I think... It's different to the Baker thing because the ceiling, the high point that he's reached is so much higher. Obviously, unanimous MVP, like you were at that point, you were already sold on yes, Lamar is the guy for us going forward. Whereas the Browns' problem is they're still not sure. And their issue is like all the new information at this point is only muddying the picture. Yeah. We're not getting any clarity at any stage. So the Browns are in this spot where I think you're going to have to try some kind of like short term pick up the fifth-year option, maybe franchise him. Like, let's just keep stringing this out as long as humanly possible before we make the decision. The Ravens are in a different spot because I think they were sure two years ago. I know. But you haven't got it done yet. So, and, and every new piece of information since, like, week six has been heading in the wrong direction. So does that, is that lowering the price point, or is that just making it, or is that just making you less comfortable with the contract you're handing over to him? So the
0: other thing, the the problem I have with all of these discussions is what's the alternative? And I, look, I get it. I am the I am the person pushing that the alternative might not be as bad as it once was. That finding a comparable, cheaper quarterback in today's environment is easier than ever. Uh, like for instance, is Teddy
1: Bridgewater playing better football than Lamar Jackson this year? Maybe. And, Kind of it is to be right. clear. I don't think there's any way that the Ravens are not handing Lamar Jackson a big money extension. Yeah, that's like, that's no ultimately way. what I'm
0: getting to. I think Lamar gets paid.
1: Yeah, right. And <clears throat> so I guess the 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 kind of question really to me is why hasn't it happened already?
0: I I think I think all of these deals are going to come down to the structure. So you have a Patrick Mahomes who has this ten year. Eventually, it looks like a team friendly deal that's. Um, you know, the cap they, they know when the cap's going to change and all that stuff, right? Josh Allen has this huge deal. Dak has a deal where he can get out, where he's a free agent in a few years, right? Like Dak, can, um, Dak wanted flexibility. He didn't want a 10-year deal. Right. Mahomes wants to be in Kansas City forever with a chance to win. So it honestly comes down, I, I don't know what Lamar wants in this. Does Lamar want to get paid three years from now? Does he want just three years? And then the ability to get paid again. If you're the Ravens, do you want to make him the face for ten years? Are there any concerns about injuries and him taking all these hits? Like a lot of there's a lot of these things to consider.
1: And by the way, they've just confirmed what the cap is next year and it is going up twenty six million dollars. Yeah. It's going up from a hundred and eighty two and a half million to two hundred and eight million. Like <laughs> so Future. one I mean the Patriots all of a sudden look like geniuses again, right? That spending spree that you were like, oh, it's it's not a problem now, now they but maybe next it. year it's yeah. an issue. All of a sudden it isn't because the cap just skyrocketed. For anybody that's been dragging ass on their contract, it's not a bad negotiating spot because all of a sudden there's 26 million extra cap space to deal with. I also wonder if you're the Ravens, you know, we know that the Ravens are a sharp organization, a team that does a lot of smart things. You know, that that is typically on the right side of like nuance and understanding and clever decisions, um, as you know, illustrated by John Harbaugh coming out and explaining the two point thing, yeah. you know, whilst Phil Sims rails against the idiocy of it, whilst not understanding it nor caring that he didn't understand it, according to his CBS diatribe. Um, I wonder if the Ravens are saying, well, look. We don't need to get this done right now. Like if Lamar is yeah. in if Lamar himself is not agitating for this contract, which he doesn't appear to be, then why would we want to give it to him earlier than we have to? Because right now he's really cheap. Like why why do we want to lock this down when who knows what could happen? Yeah. Right? Because as soon as you lock, it's that, that balance, right? The sooner you lock in the contract, the cheaper it is for you, but the more risk is attached to it. Because right. if things go south, you're stuck with it. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The later you drag it out, the more expensive it's going to be, but the more you have in terms of um, uh, the more you have in terms of contingency. You get to basically play it out for longer and see if something goes south.
0: Yeah, the other the other part about the Lamar Jackson equation is I do think even so there there's ways that you can elevate your team, right? And I again, I always I always reference the Bradys and Breezes and Rodgers and Paytons of the world and all that where even with an average receiving core, or offensive line like you for the most part they're going to pull you through, right? You they're going to still find ways to produce with that group. The next tier of quarterbacks can do that to a point, but it's but it's less consistent. Lamar has that ability to overall generally make the rushing attack better, make the offensive line better, um, and create more open throws. But this is this is the worst he's thrown the ball since his rookie season, right? And, and, and again, I don't know what to do with that, right? Because we it, expect, like if you said Lamar MVP year two, the sky's the limit. He'll have eight of these things, right? It just doesn't work that way,
1: though. He has regressed as a passer and decision maker. Why? But o- And only since, like, week six. Like, the first five weeks of the season, he was playing fantastically. And he'd been put in a bunch of those situations where things had gone badly before, right? That tried and trusted narrative, oh, all you need to do is force Lamar to pass and you're screwed, right? You can't do that. He was. Like, he was in a couple of games where all of a sudden it was Lamar having to get this done by himself passing the ball. The run game had disappeared or they were in a hole. And he was doing that. He was executing really well, putting up some big numbers. And then, like, bam, we've turned into a pumpkin for no good reason, and it's been this, like, steep decline over a hill. That's the part that I don't get. I have to do a little bit more research on this because
0: I keep talking about what what are the alternatives, right? And in using PFF, WAR, you know, what what's the alternative for the Ravens if they decided, or if the Browns decide, we're going to let Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield walk? It does it? Are you are you? Getting a Marcus Mariota? Are you getting a Teddy Bridgewater? Right? Is that your alternative? Are you making a huge deal for someone you think is worth the money, or are you of the mind, uh, much like New England's doing right now, which is now we could we could get a rookie quarterback who doesn't have to be the best quarterback in the league, but we're going to make the rest of our roster better, and that's the intriguing that's the intriguing one for me. I still think the quarterback's the most valuable position in the NFL. But also repeating myself for the thousandth time, if the difference between QB one and QB twenty is tighter than ever, is the real edge not the the quarterback's always an edge, but is it less than it was before? And the best teams are going to be the teams. This might sound crazy, but just the ones who have the best team around you: receivers, offensive line, defense for whatever you can do. For is there more of an onus on the supporting cast rather than the quarterback in the coming years? because the difference in the best and worst quarterbacks is tighter than ever. I don't know. There's something to just consider. The quarterback's still an edge and an advantage, and I would pay Lamar. Uh, There's also that, like, if I was in the Ravens front office, it's kind of like knowing what you're dealing with. Okay, we have Lamar locked up. I know what we're dealing with. We'll now make all of our team-building decisions
1: around that. There's a comfort in knowing. I mean, that was the Chiefs thing, right? It's we locked this thing in for a decade, and then we're pretty much set. Okay it's going to have some... There's going to be some challenges involved in paying this amount to a quarterback, even if it gets less the, the later into the deal you get and the higher the salary cap goes. But simply having it locked down in financial terms for that long gives you a ton of ability to plan around that and start like hanging everybody else's contract around it and balance the whole thing. And you have way more ability to juggle things than you do when... So compare that to the Kirk Cousins contract, Right where you're paying him a ton of money and you only ever have like three years at a go to figure out how to juggle everything else. Like the entire, entire Vikings roster is on just this tiny, narrow walkway that they have to try and balance everything. The Chiefs have like a roadmap for the next decade with, in terms of Mahone, the, the single biggest expenditure they're going to have and they can plan out every other contract around that for years. Can I make a crazy comparison? Oh, no
0: what if lamar's career path so far kind of looks like carson wentz's wow stylistically completely different yes um i don't believe wentz is as much of a roster enhancer as as lamar is Mm -hmm. but if you go through the if you look at it through the lens of year two peak year two mvp caliber lamar's was special he made he wins the mvp And just at a high level, Lamar, since that point, has settled in as average. He has been an average producer at the quarterback position last year and this year. Lamar Jackson. That's where Wentz was after year four. He had a rookie season, which was like, whatever. He had an MVP caliber season. He had two average seasons. Now, Wentz then went off the deep end and became literally the worst quarterback in the league. And I'm not saying that's what Lamar's next step is. But I am saying he has gone from MVP to kind of a mid, you know, middle of the road producer at the quarterback position, much like Carson Wentz did. Is that is that crazy? <laughs> you want no part of this. You want no part of this, this is whatsoever. all
1: you. I'm, I no. This is you. Have fun. Enjoy. All right. It's a great take. Right. Thanks. I, I live with it. Where's Lamar ranks this
0: year in quarterbacks? Quite far down. Twenty
1: fifth right now. Two spots below, Carson. I was going to say, the quarterback's like in the 20s this year. <laughs> quite quite a, a sight of uh, of players if you were sort of d- heading into <clears> this <throat> year. Look, we did our—all
0: we did, all that said, I, I'm, not to, I'm not saying Lamar is Wentz. I'm saying a career path so far is similar. Hey, guys. Life is full of questions. Like, what would happen to my family if something happened to me? Am I saving enough for retirement? And is now the right time to start thinking about life insurance, just to name a few? No one should have to settle for answers to these life altering questions that involve gray areas or leaving things to chance. And with Western and Southern, you won't have to. Backed by over 130 years of experience gathering insights, building strategies, and helping customers choose the right solutions, together we can look ahead to leave the unknown behind. Western and Southern Financial Group, life insurance, retirement, and investments. Compensated endorser
1: products issued by member companies of Western and Southern Financial Group, Cincinnati, Ohio.
0: We talked about it on the PFF NFL Daily today. We did the Joe Burrow versus Justin Herbert discussion, and I leaned toward the, the hypothetical upside. I would do that in this case too, with Lamar Jackson. The, the upside is high, and the floor is still high because you'll have that rushing ability to build around. So, so the, yeah,
1: I would last, take to Lamar. The last part of this question was um, if you're putting those 2018 quarterbacks into tiers, where do they all rank? It's almost like, is it five distinct tiers now? I mean, you've got Rosen, who, frankly, <laughs> he's somehow still in the NFL, he's gets on, immediately struggling. throws a pick six. Like, the man might as well not be in the league. He's is. struggling as a backup. Yes. Uh, you've got Darnold, who the Reclamation Project went as badly as the start did. He basically is a backup as he well. He looks like a backup. Yeah. He might be an okay backup, whereas Rosen looks like a terrible backup. So those are two distinct tiers. You've got Baker, who nobody can decide if he's a starter or not. But he's at least better than Sam Darnold. I think anybody that doesn't agree with that part is nuts. He's uh, uh, the lukewarm option here. Right. Then you've got Lamar, who is clearly a good caliber starting quarterback who provides a completely unique offense that you can create from scratch. But we've just discussed, isn't the MVP player he was a couple of years ago anymore. Weird trajectory. Bizarre season he's having. And then you've got Josh Allen, who has gotten better up until last year? Was incredible last season. Regressed a little bit this year, but is still the best of the group right now. Is that five distinct tiers, or would you put Lamar and Allen in the same group? I think we. I think Lamar for even this Wentz discussion, right?
0: Lamar is probably closer to to Josh Allen, but I do think Allen is starting to separate himself. And this like this thing is so fluid. I mean, three weeks ago. Allen's grade was in the middle of the pack. Now he's had three good games, right? Uh, but I think the difference is, and this is why you put Allen and Lamar in the same tier: the high-end stuff has been special from both of them. But Josh Allen last year and parts of this year, Lamar's MVP-caliber season. You can uh, you could trust them to go win games for you in their own ways. They've got the run game floor. Uh, they've got the passing game upside. Both guys, ironically, again, stylistically very different as passers, but both guys were below-average accuracy guys coming out of college. Josh Allen's become really good in that area. Lamar's become better in that area. So I would put Lamar and Allen in that like franchise I could build around this guy and trust him to carry my team at times. And I think that, that might be the best you can get in today's NFL is my point. When you're other than what Mahomes has showed up until this year has shown up until this year, that's like the best you can get, right? This These guy's is, got the high end potential to carry
1: me. Isn't even like I mean, even Mahomes is, is sort of proof of this. Is is are there any quarterbacks anymore that are just like year after year after year, guaranteed, dominant, and will not have like a random weird year where they don't actually play that well? Has there ever been? I mean, did
0: like Peyton Peyton had really good years until he like literally fell right until he fell apart. Right until
1: he fell apart, Peyton Manning never. Peyton was really
0: consistent. Brady and Breeze have both been really consistent. Even Brady had downturns though, like when the roster was really trashed, he's had downturns. Breeze has been he hit a certain point where he became consistent. He started off slower, right? But he hit a certain point where he became consistent. I will also throw the caveat that Breeze and Peyton have always had the the dome baseline (laughs) as well. Um, But I'm just saying, there's not. A ton of those. Even Ben Ro- Ben Roethlisberger is one of the best quarterbacks of his generation. Let's forget how old and he looks right now. He's one of the best quarterbacks of his generation. He's had bad seasons in there. Yeah. Um, if you go look at Dan Marino's path, same thing, right? If you're sitting there in 1984, it's like, did you see what Dan Marino just did? It's his only his second year, and he's breaking every record. He's going to be the best quarterback of all time, hands down, not even close. He had some average years in there, Dan Marino. He was mostly good, but he had some average-ish type of years. But I think that's just the nature of the quarterback position. It's not that clean cut and dry john elway wasn't always dominant he was special though special ability so i guess give me the guys with special ability that's lamar that's josh allen special ability with some production attached to it as well baker mayfield i still don't know
1: <laughs> nobody knows still don't know what baker mayfield that. is the great unknown at this point, Fred, to everybody. Is he out this week now? I think so. I mean, he's on the COVID list. He was the latest round of tests today, put him and Stefanski on the COVID list, as well as a couple of the offensive linemen. Like, the Browns might be boned
0: this they week. They don't want it. they can't move this game back
1: at all? They are talking about it, I believe. What they said early, maybe preseason, was that they are not going to move games for guys that get put on the COVID list who are who are not vaccinated. But they left it open to move it if guys were getting ping that were vaccinated. And I think so far a lot of these guys have been vaccinated. Um, so there is, def- there is scope for the NFL to cut the Browns a break and shift this game around. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring
0: NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't yet available in your state, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports contests. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet $1 on any team to score. And, of course, you can win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code PFF. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minim- minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Get in on this action if you haven't yet. Real easy. $100 in free bets. It's all for you. Just make sure you don't pick the team that uh, that gets shut out mm, in a particular week. That would be bad. Not expecting a shutout from the Chiefs or the Chargers. No. no. On Thursday night. Do we have any other emails
1: before I transition smoothly to Thursday yeah, one. Night Football? Yeah, um, one. This wasn't an email. This was a Twitter. Tweet? Question. It's usually a tweet. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Twitter question. This was a Twitter. tweet thing sent to us. Uh, we also, anyway, <clears throat> we have a Andy, Bobby Wagner interview in the document here too. Yeah, it's probably not happening. Yeah. Uh, Andy sent us a tweet, which is, who should the Patriots be worried about? And I think this is interesting because we, I was pushing this idea that, you know, Buffalo had constructed this team to beat the Chiefs. And all of a sudden there's like five teams standing between them and the Chiefs, all of whom they match up badly with. Um, so I'm sort of fascinated. What do what you flip it around? And now you have the Patriots who match up really well against Buffalo, probably take the division, maybe get the number one seed. Who would they least like to roll up to Foxborough, assuming they make it that far, and challenge them in the AFC title game? I mean, it's got to be the Chiefs, right? Is it the way the Chiefs are playing now, though? Yeah, because I don't think... There's still, I think, a very clear blueprint that everybody hates that term. There's still a very clear game plan to slowing down Kansas City. And if there's a clear (laughs) game plan... like The Patriots are the, the best team in the NFL at like taking the thing that's obviously working and ramping it up to eleven. that
0: That's the one thing that's changed because these teams have played each other a few times over the last few years. The thing that has changed is, so Belichick's done a really good job against Patrick Mahomes, right? I, I was pulling those stats out last year. Mahome's grade against the Patriots. And that's when they were unstoppable. Right. And his grade against the Patriots is like in the 60s, passing grade. But his stats are good. Right. That's what the Chiefs aren't doing right now, right? Is like on games, in games where Mahomes isn't great, they used to still score 30 points and have the screen game and Tyree Kill and all these guys just dominating. Now you're not having that. If Mahomes doesn't go, the offense doesn't go. They're
1: averaging 14 points a game on offense against teams that aren't the Raiders in against the last seven weeks,
0: Raiders since week 17. And that's uh, against seven.
1: teams that aren't, you know, that are not the Patriots.
0: So I I get that. But I would I would say that the Chiefs defense has a chance to take like I don't think the Patriots passing game is great. I think the Chiefs defense has a chance to like really slow that down and do just enough in the run game against New England that the Chiefs And it's still Mahomes Mahomes in the offense for whatever they're showing against non-Raiders teams. Like if they break out in the playoffs, is anybody surprised if they just figure it out again? So I I think the Chiefs remain the most dangerous team. Uh, The Chargers could be a dangerous team for New England, even Mm -hmm. though New England beat them. They beat them on kind of a fluky, like they beat them on a miscommunication pick six, right? Herbert, receiver, on a different page, Communication, Yeah,
1: Herbert, I think, alone makes the Chargers always dangerous. Yeah, Like, when you have a quarterback that can make that throw that he made last week, where you have him under pressure, you've beaten the left tackle, you're chasing him down into right field, and he just sets his feet and hurls a 65-yard laser for a touchdown. With 29 seconds left in the half, and it's like, like
0: hey, if they're going to go deep, you know, it might be now.
1: You can't defend that. Right. You, you literally can't defend that. That's, that's one where you just have to go, oh, like, okay, fine, that's a touchdown we couldn't do anything about. Um, As long as you have a quarterback that's capable of making those plays, that team is always dangerous. The one team that I would think is, is interesting that we'll learn more about this week is, I don't know if Indianapolis is a great matchup for them. Like the we'll Colts find out Saturday. That's what I mean. Yeah. The, the Colts with their offensive line, with their ground game, with Carson Wentz playing a clean brand of football, with their defense that's been very good at forcing turnovers. The Colts and the Patriots are two of the top three defenses in the NFL at forcing turnovers. The only team that's got more than either of them is Dallas, um, with the ball just landing in Trevon Diggs' hands all the way through the season. Diggs' magnets, but. Um, like if the Col- the Colts are set up to win a game like that in a way that not many other teams are. They can match the Patriots with everything that the Patriots want to do and they can I think they match up well with the way the Patriots are playing offense right now. So if of all the teams that, you know, if New England is looking out on the landscape of the AFC and it's Kansas City, it's Tennessee, it's Baltimore, the Chargers, Buffalo, the Colts are the one team there that I don't think they would love facing. I think the Patriots get
0: challenged in three out of the next four weeks here. You've got the Colts this week in the Dome. You have Buffalo, presumably not, in 50-mile-an-hour wins mm-hmm. in New England in a couple of weeks. You have the Dolphins the last week of the season in Miami. Dolphins are playing much better football. And then you have, let me pose this question to you. January 2nd, week 17, Patriots hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Is this going to be Excuse me, Patriots-Jaguars?
1: I'm just saying it's a football game. You're, this is a game they're being challenged in. No, no, no. I was going to oh. put.
0: I said three out of the next four games. The okay. game that I omitted from the four was the Jaguars gotcha. game. However, I'm intrigued by what might be the biggest coaching mismatch in NFL history with Bill Belichick going up against Urban Meyer.
1: I mean, how many college championships does Bill Belichick have?
0: That's a good point. Urban shows up at midfield. Let me see your resume, Bill. How
1: many times you won at Ohio State? in Florida. If you were a if you were an odd, if you were the odd-setting man in Vegas, right? What would you set the odds on Urban Meyer quitting at halftime of this game? <laughs> you know, Vontae Davis style. Plus 150. Just going, I don't need this crap. I'm out of here. It's slight dog. <laughs> <laughs> Plus 150. What would the score need to be for him to do that? 48 to nothing. 40. <laughs> no, 40. Once you hit 40. Well, with 40. Herb's just, he's 40. Erbs just 40 to zip. And Urban's just calling the limo, Uber. Uber what's the Uber Black? The fancy car. Just hopping in the Uber Black, and I'm out of here. Send my last check to my my, my previous mailing address. It's, it's actually hilarious. The um,
0: you ever seen the the montages of Bill Belichick during a game? They'll show two minutes of like just Bill, and you will have literally no idea what's happening in the game. Yeah. And and they'll like they'll have like subtext. It's like Patriots touchdown, and he's just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Patriots interception. Nothing. Other team touchdown, nothing, same thing. Urban Meyer is the complete opposite. It's like second play preseason game, hands on his head, right? I mean, it's, it's just you can the like tell the score opposite. by the face yeah, that he's completely pulling. Completely tell. Yeah, Urban Meyer's like the face gets worse as the as the deficit gets greater, right? I mean, it's it's just funny, um, but we'll see if uh, if that's the biggest coaching mismatch in, in NFL history. <laughs> Belichick versus Urban Meyer. So to answer the initial question, Patriots. Who can challenge them? You're saying the Colts. I, I still think it's the
1: Chiefs. You're I mean, saying it's Any the of these teams can challenge them, right? The, uh, my, the, the part of the question I liked was kind of, who do they not want to see? Like, if, you're, if the Patriots are going to be in the AFC championship game, home game, number one seed, what's the team they don't want to see roll into town whenever the hell that game is? Late January? Yeah, late January now.
0: I think it's Chargers. Chargers, Charged. Chiefs, and Colts. That's half the field. Of course. My pick was the Chiefs. Okay. My second pick would be the Chargers. Your pick was the Colts. Yes. Okay. And maybe a healthy Titans
1: team. The Are they going to get out. a healthy Titans team? At least the healthy receivers could help. There's still the outside chance that Derrick Henry comes back. I mean, crazy it's as way that. Way outside, sounds. right, Doctor? I don't think they should do it, but yeah. they Dr. seem Monson. to
0: keep talking it up. Dr. Munson said it's not going to happen. All right. Speaking sure. of Chiefs, Chargers, they're playing Thursday Night Football. This is, this is the best Thursday Night game of the year, right? I think maybe Bucks Cowboys Week One. There have been
1: A couple good ones,
0: but I'm saying like on paper. This, yeah, yeah, they played on Thursday night. Uh, Mahomes MVP year in 2018. And Chargers pulled the upset, and uh, you know they've got a they got a good little history here. The Chargers won the first matchup. This is when the sky the sky was starting to fall early with the Chiefs, and then it fell even further in a different way when the offense couldn't figure this figure anything out. But the first matchup, 30 to 24, the Chargers won. This is when we started to see a little bit of early. Brandon Staley and his aggressiveness and going forward on fourth down over and over again in this game. Uh, Even when field goals would have been a good, they uh, they just kept their foot on the gas at a time when you felt like they needed to because you're playing the Chiefs who could always score. But they did a nice job in this game, first game, the Chargers.
1: Yeah, this was like right at the start of the year. After this game, like, well, Kansas City has now lost to Baltimore, to the Chargers, and were lucky to win in week one against the Browns. Like, maybe the Chiefs actually aren't good at all, and their defense looks catastrophic. Then they kind of split the next few games, Philly, Buffalo, Washington, Tennessee, and you're like, eh, okay, we're hovering. The Chiefs, right, yeah. Yeah, we're hovering around, and then they rattle off the next, like, whatever this is, six wins now. Um, but two wins into that, we were it was like the... The furthest the crisis sank, like after they won two straight against uh, Jordan Love and the Giants, like that was the worst that things got for Kansas City. And then you know you got to play the Raiders, and that fixes everything. got To play the Raiders and that fixes everything. Play them twice. Right now it's uh,
0: Chiefs on the road, favored by three points. Um, so this isn't one of those cases where Vegas is saying they're the same team. They're saying the Chiefs are six six point team. You know, six point better team uh then the Chargers in this one uh the dome factor with Mahomes should you should help you know you to get this you always have the 70 yarder mm-hmm. you always have that 70 yard bomb um the rankings are interesting cuz i i i feel like the Chargers are better. Elo okay. has the Chiefs first in the uh
1: the Chargers 40. Wait, you feel like they're better than the Chiefs? No, 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 no.
0: I sorry, better than like our rankings, better okay. than perception. Uh, for I've always had the Chargers. Even some of their dips and lulls during the season, I've always had a perception where they are better than maybe our rankings or traditional rankings or whatever might have them. Um, but 14th in our uh, overall 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 power rankings, the Chargers feels they feel better than that to me. Um, they are 14th in offense. They are ninth in defense. So what do you, what else are you looking for in this particular game?
1: I mean, Herbert against Herbert against. Um... Mahomes has to be one of the most ridiculous, like arm talent matchups of all time. we we had one another one, which was you know Mahomes versus Josh Allen, obviously, <laughs> but like every Have you time Herbert it, Allen, yeah, we saw Herbert Allen last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, um, Every time you see Justin Herbert, there's a couple of throws that just that look different, like that. Even so, the the sixty five yard bomb we keep talking about. Did, did you see the all twenty two of that when the cameraman essentially pans to the wrong spot? A cameraman basically pans to where every other quarterback in the league would drop that ball, yeah. which is like 10 yards short of where it landed. Like the carry, that's what people don't appreciate, I think, is the carry that he gets on the football is absurd. And that's the thing that shows up every time. And it's why, like, DBs, a lot of his throws deep down the field, you see DBs completely misplay it. And it's because they're not, the ball shouldn't get there. Yeah. They're playing where it's supposed to go from, like, history of doing this against every other quarterback in the NFL. I understand when the ball is in the air, this is the flight path. And then with with Herbert, it isn't. It travels somewhere different. And when I tweeted at the throw, like some guy was like, "Oh, I think, you know, most quarterbacks in the NFL could throw at 65 yards." I'm like, "Well, okay. One, probably not. Two, it's not that he got it 65 yards. It's that he got it there like a frozen rope. It was a laser beam for 65 in stride. yards."
0: Under pressure, avoiding pressure, and he had to quickly set
1: right. his feet. To but do the it. only reason it was in stride is because it was a freaking laser, not like a moon ball that Russell Wilson throws, right? Right. If, if he had thrown the Russell Wilson, you know, rainbow, it would have taken another two seconds to get there, and the receiver would have, run, like, setting up camp, catching it like a fair, a fair catch on a punt. That would be impossible, though, too, because you can't get that
0: much arc on the ball and throw it that far. Like, that's it's a further
1: throw. I mean... I think a lot of quarterbacks would have made it that distance, but it would have involved a lot more arc on the ball. probably less accurate. The fact that he's able to get it there with that sort of speed, velocity, and carry is the thing that's crazy. And you see that every single week from him. And you really don't see it from that many other quarterbacks, even the other guys that have ridiculous arms, like the things Mahomes is able to do, the things that Josh Allen is able to do. Those, They're not like hitting those passes that often.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with all that. Kind of the way you described Herbert's thing kind of reminds me of the Aaron Rodgers and Hail Mary, just because he was doing it differently so much. Like he's throwing it with a different trajectory. So it's more coming down. It's coming down at like a straighter angle when Rodgers throws that Hail Mary. And it felt like DBs had just never seen it. And um, Herbert's ball kind of has that, right? He had a 40-yard cover two shot earlier yeah. this year too like that you don't take cover to cover two shots happen in the 20 yard range they don't happen in there. the 40 yard right. range and he had one of those where the ball carried and got there all that said we've we've dissected the herbert stuff a ton the throws are special there's not a high volume of them because part of it is just because of the scheme right because they're deciding to be uh a pass first attacking offense um it's a the forward looking approach that A Brandon Staley has where it's you know pass to set up the run and all that stuff that's a big part of like the low big time throw rate I think for Herbert because they do want to embrace the short passing game
1: if you would come into this if you had said back in August when these two teams face in late in mid-December one quarterback will be the number four graded quarterback in the NFL and the other quarterback will be the number 21 graded quarterback in the NFL you would say that makes 100% sense yep Patrick Mahomes will be number four. Yep. You know, there'll be a few guys right up there around 90. And then Justin Herbert will have regressed based off the unsustainable, crazy play under pressure and all those things that we saw last year. And 21 makes sense. It would be a harsh regression, but yeah, I I can see that. No, Herbert is the guy at number four, and Patrick Mahomes is 21. What the hell is with that? It's crazy.
0: Uh, Even the traditional stats happen. It's not just PFF grade. If you just used yards per attempt, Mahomes is... Number 15 in the NFL. Passer Mahomes rating is like 18th or
1: 19th. Uh, Mahomes 18th in the NFL. ranks 28th in big-time throw rate. Let me list you some of the quarterbacks that have a higher big-time oh, throw do rate it. Don't do it. than Mahomes. Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy, Mr. Conservative, freaking Bridgewater has a higher big-time throw rate than Patrick Mahomes. Um Justin Herbert, who we've been bitching about, you know, why doesn't he do that more often? Why are there not more big-time throws for Herbert? More Higher. than Mahomes. Higher than Mahomes. Jacoby Brissett, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Ben Roethlisberger. Right above him. Mac Jones, uh, Sam Darnold. It's, it's, what is happening here? Trevor Simeon has a significant ire. I think, man, it is
0: teams are playing them differently. And look, they're also big-time throws. I mentioned this on the Daily today. Big-time throws are sometimes a product of opportunity. And the Chiefs are not taking the same opportunities. Because look at what they're doing with their two top playmakers, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Tyreek used to be the guy that leads to these big-time throws. The one Mahomes had on Sunday was more of an adjustment. It was more like scramble, drill, big-time throw, which is what Mahomes usually does. But like the... The the ones that are schemed up aren't there, right? They they're taking one or two deep shots per game, it feels like, with Tyreek Hill or even a, a Hardman or whatever. But that's it. It's so much of the underneath stuff, and 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 it's just what they're being forced to do for the most part. So I don't. Part of it's just not having the opportunities to create those big time throws because of the way defenses are playing them. And clearly, outside of Raiders games, Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense haven't adjusted to this new way that teams are playing them it's uh, teams are expecting them to hit this eight yard speed out over and over and over again and you know maybe the chiefs could take it but they're not doing it consistently enough only 16 big time throws by mahomes if you told me that in august i would think you were absolutely crazy yeah but here we are football's tough to predict sometimes
1: (laughs) it is
0: (laughs) that's the bottom line Give give us a break everybody football's tough to predict all that said if the Chiefs ever break out of it, are you ever surprised?
1: No, but only because we saw it for so many years. I, at this point, I'm starting to get closer to yes, though. Like, it's been struggling for so long. I don't think we're going to see the 2018, 2019, 20. Like, I don't think we're going to see the Chiefs of the last few years. I think this is a different team. Now, that's not to say that they aren't still arguably the best team in the AFC and right. well capable of winning a Super Bowl, but all of a sudden, like, their defense is actually going to win them some games and their defense is not there solely as a thing to be like okay I just need you to, to make a stop like one one or two in the game, and then we're good. If you can do that, we're fine. If you do, our only problem is if you make no stops in the game and we have to score every single drive. That's where we have problems. Now you're like, no, no, no. I actually need you to be a good defense. I need Chris Jones out here making plays. I need Melvin Ingram. I need Frank Clark to stay, you know, rediscovered, reborn, whatever the hell's happened to him in the last few weeks. I need this defense to stay cooking because I'm not sure the offense can get back to where it used to be. Now, Chris Jones... Is on the COVID list, right?
0: Yeah. Is what I saw? Um, he has been absolutely dominant. Uh, credit where credit's due to Frank Clark, who you mentioned. This is uh, what his best grade in years, uh, getting after the quarterback. And, and, and we're very fair with our grading, which is why you might see a guy with 10 sacks one year, and he has 10 sacks the next year, and it's a completely different grade. Because the path to getting there as far as winning one-on-ones and how quickly you won and all that stuff is, is different. Frank Clark is so much better this year than he's been, really, at any point in his Chiefs career, and then Melvin Ingram's there. But if Jones is out of this game, presumably he is at this point, if Jones is out of this game, Frank Clark and Melvin Ingram, are they enough to get after Justin Herbert in this one?
1: I think it certainly changes things. Um, Like they – I mean, Chris Jones is the best player they have on defense and an absolute game changer. Um, I think that they they definitely – need him out there if he's not I think their edge rushers are capable but I don't think they change games the way um, he does
0: in, the, in a year of the MVP race not being a complete slam dunk Tom Brady's the betting favorite I think he's the on field favorite I think he should be the guy Justin Herbert's number two in PFF war right now now Brady's got a huge lead on him in war but when you talk about the MVP moments and all that like Herbert's got an opportunity here against a hot Chiefs team Everybody's watching. The Island game is all that matters. Uh, Herbert's got an opportunity here to uh, throw his name back in the ring because he is playing really, really well. Um, I do think the – I think the Chiefs are just – they're just playing well. I think the offense will start to get a little bit better, right? Even if it's not the same thing it's been, I do think these Raiders games are probably catalyst for them to just get a
1: little bit better than they've been. But this is the defense that that kind of – almost started the entire trend of the league forcing teams into this kind of situation. And you know, the, So Patrick Mahomes is playing this way. Josh Allen is playing this way. The one quarterback I think that hasn't been lumped into that yet, but I think probably deserves to be, is I think that might explain some of Russell Wilson's bad play as well. Remember, even outside of the mallet finger, Russell Wilson has not been having a good season by his standards. And Russell Wilson is another one of those quarterbacks that that wants to go deep down the field and make those incredible throws. And remember, last year against Brandon Staley's defenses, when they took those things away, it was like he didn't know what to do. Like, we are setting up with these, with quarters coverage, we are taking away your deep shots. You're going to have to go somewhere else. And he didn't. Like, he kept almost being confused that there was an extra guy back there when he was wanting to take a shot, it was where he normally takes them. So, and if you look at our PFF grades on throws short of 20 yards, so anything shy of what we call a deep target, Mahomes is graded 25th, Josh Allen is 26th, and uh, Russell Wilson is 29th. Like those guys are all in the same kind of ballpark. They're all grading, you know, not particularly well. And I, I think that's, I think it's, if this is a product of what the NFL is doing on defense to to force offenses that have been devastating and explosive, we're taking those away. And you're going to have to figure out another way of winning. It doesn't mean you can't do that. Like Nothing comes without a price, right? There's a trade-off to us playing this way, but you're going to have to take it, and it's doing things that is not normally as efficient. It's running the ball. It's taking those short underneath passes and winning with a 1,000 paper cuts. And those three quarterbacks in particular, but not exclusively, have not been good at that this year.
0: It is it is fascinating, right? Because the NFL, we talked about this with Sean McVay all the time. The NFL is about adjusting and, you know, defenses aren't just going to sit there and say, "Well, Sean McVay, your schemes just too good. Continue to exploit us. You know, Patrick Mahomes, you're too good. You know, continue to exploit us." The fact that defenses are fighting back this year, Sam, um, makes for some fun, right? And yeah, Brandon Staley certainly at the forefront of that, and I think the success that Staley had with the Rams last year has been a huge part of why defenses are doing a lot of this. Um, it was that plus the way the Bucks played the chiefs in the Super Bowl. you know everybody says copycat league there's teams are looking for what what's being what's successful and forcing some of these quarterbacks to to be better on the underneath stuff, certainly one of the trends of this year so. We got Mahomes, we got Justin Herbert, we got a hot Chiefs defense, we have a Chargers defense led by Brandon Staley that is, that is built and equipped to slow Patrick Mahomes. They did a pretty good job in the first matchup. Chiefs by three.
1: What are you uh, Where are you leaning in this game? Um, I'm going to go with the Chargers. I think until I see Kansas City bounce back against a defense that's actually causing them problems, as opposed to the Raiders defense, which is just an open, like, I think a welcome sign to Kansas City's offense. I'm going to assume they'll struggle. To win and cover. Uh, They are three-point dogs. Three-point dogs. So
0: if you think they're within three, you think they're winning. Do I? I think so. I think you think they're
1: winning. I don't think that's how that works. No, it doesn't. But I mean. I'm going to take them to cover, but not to win. So you think the Chiefs win by two? Or one? That's what you think is going to happen? Maybe. Maybe.
0: All right. Perfect.
1: I'll take the All Chiefs. All I know is the only thing I need on record is that the Chargers are going to cover. Right. I'll take the Chiefs to, to win in cover.
0: Obviously, they have to win. Yes. To cover. Uh, I don't see them getting swept by the Chargers. I, I think Andy Reid and in the, in the, I think the Chiefs offense is going to start getting out of it. They're going to start getting out of the non-Raiders funk <laughs> in, the, in the coming weeks here. So give me the Chiefs. Chris Jones being out, huge factor. COVID around the entire NFL, huge factor for this week. So uh, a lot to keep an eye on as far as injury reports, Mm -hmm. status reports, or whatever you want to call them around the NFL. The other thing to keep an eye on is the promo code NFLpod. 25% off. Using the promo code NFLpod, uh, go ahead, use it, screenshot that you've used it, and send it to at PFF underscore Sam. DMs are open.
1: DM. You can win your own Mark Brunel jersey. DM me the email address. I think that's the best way of doing it. I don't think you can, I don't think there's a screen that sort of proves you used that promo code.
0: Oh, I don't know. So the, the email address? Yeah. All right. So send the email address to at PFF underscore Sam. Anything else we got to cover today? That was fun. Love. We love reading your emails. Yep. So podcast at PFF.com,
1: which is in the bio, I believe, of the new Twitter account. So if you ever want to know what the email address is, go there. Yeah. So this is it's, it's easier to consolidate all these things we're asking you to do. Yeah.
0: There's one more thing, though, because this holiday season, it's all about Christmas lists and wish lists and... All of that fun stuff. And we want you to get your voice heard. Contact at PFF.com. They're collecting, they're like Santa Claus this year. They're collecting your wish list, okay. your, your holiday list. Which PFF feature do you love the most? What do you want the most from PFF? It's on PFF.com. Like what type of features do you want? What do you pay for that you love or don't love? What do you want to pay for from a subscription? What do you think should be free? All that fun stuff. So they're trying to collect that wish list. Tell them that the PFF NFL podcast sent you so we can get a. Uh, a nice consolidated list of our listener feedback. So it's contact at PFF.com. We can let your voice be heard because the people are listening right now as we try to make PFF better for everybody. Sound good? Yeah. All right. That's our Wednesday show. Appreciate everybody tuning in live on YouTube or in podcast land. We will be back tomorrow previewing all, is it week 15? Wow. Mm -hmm. All of the week 15 action around the NFL. See you tomorrow.